Welcome to the second Yorkshire Insight Podcast. I'm Lori Darnell here with Michelle Young from Yorkshire's admin team with our guest and Yorkshire mom, Nicola Moy. The topic of today's podcast is the importance of sleep in children and adults, episode number two. Hi, Nicola. Hi, Lori. Thanks for being our first parent podcast guest. We're really excited to share this information with our listeners. Please tell us about yourself and what brought you to Yorkshire. Okay, um, thank you, Lori. Uh, so I moved here to uh, the Memorial area from Aberdeen, Scotland with my husband and two children. Uh, my husband works in oil, so um, you know, going from place to place is quite common for us. I was told about Yorkshire from a, a mutual friend and as soon as I researched it and we kind of settled on the area to live in, um, we ran with that and I have both my youngest Dylan in Cottage with Miss Shiva and my eldest Sophie is in preschool with uh, Miss Candice. Well, we're really glad you guys are here. So what's your educational background? My educational background is I did some high school back in Scotland and then my family actually moved us to California when I was 14. So I finished my high school and college in California. I graduated from San Jose State University with a bachelor's of science in business administration and finance. And since then I've worked in the field of kind of finance for the last, well, around kind of eight years or so. And then as soon as I had my first child, Sophie, four, four years ago, I haven't worked and I decided to jump into the world of sleep. So what got you interested in sleep issues? Good question. I didn't know kids really had sleep issues. Um, my daughter was an amazing sleeper. I had her in Denmark and I didn't have maybe all the friends and telling me what I should and shouldn't do. <laughs> I just did what felt right. <laughs> and lo and behold, she was sleeping eight hours. I'm not kidding, from about eight weeks old. Whoa, um, nice. And she was breastfed too. So she, she was incredible. And then I moved back home to Scotland and had talks with some of my friends and they were mentioning about their kids being terrible sleepers and, and I was like, really? Does this, sleep deprivation is actually a thing. I had no concept of sleep deprivation whatsoever. Um, so after my daughter was about two, uh, my second son, my second child came along, my mm -hmm. son Dylan. and. We already knew he had medical complications, so he had a hole in his heart, which we knew would be fixable, so that was all fine. But we also knew that we had to feed him a lot for his weight to increase for surgery. Okay. So I got into this habit of every time he cried, I fed him. And every time he woke up at night, I fed him, because it was just drilled into me, I need to feed this kid. Well, <laughs> as you can imagine, he every time he woke up from his nighttime sleep, he would never, ever, ever settle until he was breastfed back to sleep. And that's quite common, Sure. but he was doing it like, we're talking every 45, 60 minutes um, for three months. So you were not getting much else done. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I had Sophie to look after and it, it was rough. So I persevered and he had a surgery at four months. Everything went fantastic. And he started gaining weight and uh, by six months I said, I am done. I want to still feed you, but you need to learn how to sleep properly now and so do I. Um, so I spoke with a friend who also had trouble with her youngest and mentioned about hiring a sleep consultant. And I said, what on earth is a sleep consultant, <laughs> you know? Um, 
she said, no, she's my friend and, you know, here's her number. That made it more comforting knowing that she had used her and she was her friend. Mm-hmm. Went onto her website and, uh, you know, it promises the world. Like, does your child need rocking or feeding to sleep? I'm like, yes, this is my child. Like, <laughs> they can actually go to sleep themselves. Um, so after speaking to this lady on the phone, I felt so comfortable with her and she made me understand that it's very, very normal, these problems. What's not normal is some people just think that they'll just ride with them for months and months and months and it'll get better. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I've done six months, I can't do it anymore. I've hit rock bottom, needed help. So yeah, she helped us and within the first couple of nights, I'm not kidding, Dylan was sleeping five, six hour stretches. He didn't, he was crying on and off, obviously. My husband helped out a lot with um, the program that we used. And two weeks down the line, he was doing two solid naps by himself, sleeping, not sleeping through. I was still feeding him at night, right. but we had restrictions on that. And yeah, it absolutely changed my life. So since that was around two years ago, we moved to the States back in February. And I thought, you know what? I'm still so passionate about this. I'm still telling everyone I mm-hmm. want to be that person that helps families too. So that's what made me delve right into the world of sleep consultancy. Wow, that was a great story. So what's the most important things that parents should know about sleep? Sleep is so important. It's so underrated. Um, Adults aren't getting enough. Kids aren't getting enough. And a lot of people say, oh, sleep's for the weak. It's not. Sleep is not a luxury. It's a necessity. It's, It's almost... Um, Well, it is as important, if not more important, than diet and genetics in how long um, your life expectancy is. So it's extremely important. Uh, You know, it it recharges our batteries when we sleep. Um, It it increases your attention span, uh, your memory, everything about your memory happens when you sleep. And without consolidated sleep, all these things can't work in your brain correctly. Um, your body's become malnourished and you know as a parent we have all suffered some form of sleep deprivation at one time or another think of that for your child if they are not getting enough sleep that is why they are cranky that's why they won't listen to you during the day that's why they won't go to bed at night because they're so wired and so hyper and so overtired that their bodies cannot shut down Um, so I think we really need to rein back on why sleep is important, why your children are acting like they do, and is it because they are not getting the recommended hours of sleep per night. So what is different for children versus adults regarding sleep, like hours, that kind of thing? Well, obviously, as you know, it would be amazing if adults could sleep for 16, 17, 18 hours a day. I think we'd all agree. But we don't, um, we don't need that for our bodies. But obviously, newborns do. So newborns sleep a lot. They'll sleep 18, 19, 20 hours a day. Um, they feed and they sleep. That's what newborns do. So we have to be very receptive when they're, when they're tiny babies to let them feed and sleep on the schedule that they're happy with. Um, from around four months, so between four and 12 months, uh, this sleep um, consolidates a bit more and they should be getting around 12 to 16 hours of sleep per 24 hour period. Um, with obviously between two and three naps, depending on the timings of those naps as well. 
when you're getting a bit older, so you're talking about maybe like a one to two year old, uh, again, they need quite a lot. They need 11 to 14 hours and most are still taking a good nap at that age as well. Getting into your kind of preschool age of around three to five years old, they need uh, 10 to 13 hours of sleep. Again, some of that is naps, some of it's not. I know my daughter doesn't take a nap, she's almost four, but she sleeps 11 and a half to 12 hours at night. So you don't have to, you don't have to spend it all at night time. And then when you're a little bit older, um, between six and 12, you know, it kind of reduces a bit between nine and 12 hours. And then kind of going up again to age of 18, you know, it's more towards the hours of eight and 10. Um, and as adults, I don't know how much you guys sleep, but I definitely don't get my recommended amount of sleep. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's supposed to be between seven and nine hours of sleep per night and um, the information for the children is all from the American Association of Pediatrics. Um, so that's important to know that it's, it, they're guidelines given by a, um, a professional body out there. Okay, so what's the worst sleep mistake that parents make? You know, there's quite a lot of mistakes parents make. In the older children, in working in this field, we realize that parents don't give consequences for their children if they're not behaving the way they need to at nighttime. You know, say if you're out playing in the park and your child does something that you don't want them to do, you know, you react to that situation and you pull them away from that situation and you say, if you do that again, we are either going to go home or we're going to do this. A lot of the time, parents don't take that same attitude at nighttime. So if their four-year-old is coming up, you know, between eight and nine o'clock at night to see what mommy and daddy are doing, if all they're telling them is, go back to bed, it's nighttime, go back to bed, it's nighttime, they're just gonna keep on doing it. So there needs to be a consequence for their actions. And that's how a child learns from right, you know, right from wrong. So that's the biggest one for older children. For younger children, it's thinking that it's just gonna get better and better. And if you're at, you know, month six, seven, eight, and sleep is still really rough, that's just going to continue and get harder and harder and harder. So I think parents need to A, learn to think more clearly and try and do something earlier in their child's life regarding sleep. And then if they're older and they're still <laughs> causing problems, then they need to think about what they're actually doing to help them know that it's not right for them to take a walk in the middle of the night to mommy and daddy's room or get in mommy and daddy's bed and to just stay in their own bedroom all night. I could be here all morning, to be honest, Laurie. <laughs> There's a lot of mistakes we make, but we do it. We do what we have to to get sleep, right? Parents need sleep as much as their kids do. So if that means bringing their child into bed with them, that's what they're doing because it's they feel that that's the only way that they're getting that sleep at that night. But what we need to realise and understand is that's just going to make the child sleep broken and worse and it's not going to get better. So that's a big no-no, having your kids sleep with you. Well, there's do's and don'ts about co-sleeping. Um, it's definitely recommended from the um, Association of American Pediatrics that you don't co-sleep. Um, however, parents make their own decisions and that's fine. I come in where people say, I've been co-sleeping for the last eight months and I really don't know how to, to get out of it. 
um, that's where I will come in and could help. But no, it's not recommended to co-sleep, but like I say, every parent chooses what they do and do not do with their children. So what can parents do when their children are young to help them become more independent sleepers? Good question. Um, I love this question because there is actually, you know, five easy things that we can do for right from the get-go as parents to new babies, whether you've had a baby in the past or not, um, to help lay the foundations for good sleep habits. Yes, we all want to cuddle and hold our newborns, of course, and I, I totally think that should happen. But let's give them that little bit of independence at the same time or they're always going to want to be in your arms to sleep. And that's nice for the first couple of months. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we need a break. So I kind of have a, a, a bit of a st five steps, if you'd like, if I could go through those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, I, what, what we advise from, from newborns. Um, well, not just newborns, but babies as well. Uh, you can start this kind of up to about three, three to four months um, and then obviously sleep starts to change. So choosing an early bedtime, right, is super important. Newborns are different in that they obviously, they need feeding quite up to quite late and then you wanna give them their last feed right before mom and dad go to bed. So that's, you've got to be more flexible with newborns. But choosing an early bedtime for, you know, three months up is super important. It lets them have a good, you know, 12 hours of night time, which we super, you know, is so important for babies to understand between light and dark. Um, so early bedtime, don't put your child to bed at nine o'clock in hopes that they would just sleep till nine o'clock in the morning. That's not how it works. So early bedtime. Also putting your child to sleep in the same place every single night and every single nap. That makes things more familiar for your babies and um, they know that's a safe place they know that's where they go to sleep and yeah it, it leaves no maneuver for um for any potential environmental issues that they have got noise in one room and not noise in the other room so keep that consistent uh, bedtime routine you've probably heard a lot of people say oh what's your bedtime routine with your children bedtime routine is huge it's a massive indicator for even the youngest of babies to transition from being awake into their body prepping for sleep and that can include anything from you know quiet time uh, bath time reading a couple of books singing some songs saying prayers whatever you do as a family make that consistent and make that predictable and your your baby's clever they will they will know that this is an indication that it's almost bedtime so that's definitely um something that families can implement really easily i don't think it should take more than kind of 30 40 minute tops really so don't prolong it you don't want your child to get a second wind so <laughs> you know keep that nice and um short but sweet and in preparation for bedtime Fourth step, I don't know how many of you did this when your babies were young. I, to be honest, I didn't, um, but I did when I was training Dylan, was put your babies to bed awake. You know, if you're always putting them into their bed asleep, they might not even know that they have to lie down to fall asleep. You know, they, 
they need to learn that they're comfortable lying down and drifting. You know, we say drowsy but awake um, for up to about four or five months. So yes, they could be drifting whilst you've um, you've rocked them. Just make sure that when you're putting them down, they know that they're not in your arms anymore mm -hmm. and they can see you and you've you've done your bit. So that's that's really important. It lets them figure out themselves what they need to do to fall asleep. And then the next step, you're obviously wondering, well, what if they wake up at night? Um, depends on the age, right? But the biggest thing that you can do is just wait just a couple of minutes just to see what happens. You know, every little murmur or squirm from your newborn parents just jump in a little bit too quickly. Uh, everyone cycles between their sleep and you always stir and you always wake up a little bit and that's what they're doing some of the time. Yes, some of the time they will need feeding depending on how old they are or they just want a bit of comfort and that's okay too but just give them a few minutes to to see if they can do it by themselves uh, and don't rush in too, too quickly. And you know, if they haven't settled in a couple of minutes, then obviously you go in, offer some comfort, and then and and kind of leave them to their own devices again. So so that's a good a good kind of five things to start with. That's great. Um, every baby's different, but that's the kind of foundations that we that we start with. So are there sleep products which are helpful? I know a lot of people use the sound machines or eye masks, those kind of things. They can be, you know, for for newborns and babies and young children. Having a really dark room is, I guess it's not a product, but it's something that is extremely needed for good sleep. So if that means you need to buy some blackout blinds or blackout curtains, then you know that's a great product to have. I know I have a travel blind that I take with us when we travel. I have two travel blinds, blackout blinds, and every hotel room that we go to, I suction these cups on the windows and I know that the room is just going to be dark. Really? Is that yes. like an Amazon product? You can buy them on Amazon, okay. yes. Good to know. There's lots of different variations out there but um, as soon as I was introduced to it I was, yeah, I was all for them. Um, so they're, they're good to have. Um, white noise, we don't refrain from white noise if it's needed because of environmental you know, noise outside that the parents can't control, or you have a toddler running around the house, then yes, uh, white noise can be used as long as it's on throughout the whole night. You know, we don't want that um, teddy bear that makes a, a noise for the first kind of 15 <laughs> minutes to stop making the noise. We do want white noise to be on consistently. Why? Well, baby falls asleep to it. If they wake up without it, you know, it's gonna cause a little bit of confusion. So, but I wonder if that's a bad idea then if they just get used to it and maybe like you're traveling or whatever, you don't have it. Mm -hmm. That's that's true. Uh, I never used one, but you can wean them off of it, you can quiet them down. Um, and to be honest, white noise is one of those things that it's there, but if it's not there, you don't really realize it either. Uh, so you can actually buy portable travel ones too and all the apps you can get on your phone these days oh, that's true. is amazing. <laughs> so uh, white noise machines, definitely if needed. I don't encourage them, but I say right. yes, you can, you can use them. Um, to be honest, there's not much else for children in, 
comfortable, obviously, the right type of bed or mattress, um, comfortable sleepwear, and they're good to go, right? Um, for adults, masks can work if you don't have the blackout curtains in your bedroom. Um, you know, the darkness helps your melatonin produce, so that's why we try to encourage as much darkness as possible for sleep. Um, pro other products for adults, it all depends. A good book before you fall asleep can help as long as you're not, um, you know, it's not a scary book and you, you go to bed and you start having nightmares and that, that messes your sleep <laughs> up even more. But yeah, it's, we all use things. I mean, you can even think of your favorite pillow as your, as your product, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't sleep without it, it's a good product to have. But what I would encourage is don't introduce all these fancy and new things to your newborns to help them sleep when you've not given them the chance to just do it in the most natural environment possible. So right. that's, that's one of the biggest things I can say. Okay, and any other tips like covers versus no covers, uh, room temperature, and I know screens are a huge issue. Screens are a big issue. Screens, we've all heard, emit this blue light. It hinders with our melatonin, and that's essentially what hinders our body and not being prepared enough as it should be for sleep. So screens, I all, I definitely do at home. TVs are off by you know five o'clock at the latest in my house, and um, they don't play with phones or tablets or gets your body ready. Um, Room temperature has got to be, you know, it's got to be comfortable. Everyone's different though. You know, every country is different and every, we all know it's nicer to sleep in a bit of a cooler environment rather mm -hmm. than a too hot environment. Right. So that means sticking the fan on in your child's bedroom, you know, put that fan on. You definitely don't want to make them um, too hot at night time. I like to have my fan on and have my duvet on, you know, because I still like something over me. Right. So it, it's all personal preferences. But yeah, make sure your child is always either layered for winter um, and in like a grow bag or in a zip, you know, a zipped up um, sleep sack, I guess I called them back home because um, duvets and covers aren't recommended until they're, they're older. Um, what age would they that be recommended? Oh, there's a question. <laughs> I think it's from around. It's nothing more. It's nothing earlier than a year. So, oh okay. Uh, you're definitely recommended to keep them in kind of a, a zippy or mm -hmm. just layer them up in pajamas. Um, if they, you know, if they don't like being more constrained in a, in a grow bag, um, but it's. Again, we're, we're given this advice, fantastic, but you know, we do what we have to do. Um, but don't get, make them too hot and don't make them too cold. So you need to, your body needs to be an optimal temperature. Okay. Are there any good books you'd recommend for sleep? It depends what you need it for. Uh, there's so much advice online and there's so many different books out there for so many different parenting styles, right? You know, every parent is different in how they approach parenting, how they approach feeding, sleeping, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've read a, quite a few different books in preparation, obviously, for my um, 
my certification of being a sleep consultant. Um, I quite liked one uh, by a girl called Jodie Mindell uh, called Sleeping Through the Night. It was a very simple, easy read. It lays the foundations. It gives you tips, hints and tips and how to approach all the scenarios and all the things surrounding a healthy sleep habits from the start. Um, but there's so many different books on the market. It's just what's right for you. But I, that's one thing I wish I'd... Looking back, I never read a book for my first. I, which to be fair, was okay because she was actually a model mm-hmm. baby. But looking back, I actually think I should have picked up a book and I should have just got myself prepared what could and most likely would have happened regarding sleep. Um, because I genuinely didn't think it was such an issue for a baby to fall asleep by themselves. I really just got lucky. Um, so parents should definitely prepare themselves for, for what's to come. So what do you as a consultant offer parents who are having trouble with their child's sleep? So I am here for those parents who have gone, you know what, we're dying, <laughs> we've hit rock bottom, we've tried different things, we just don't know where where to go and how to approach changing. It, that could be feeding their 10 month old every time they wake up to sleep or it could be you know treating their four-year-old who still gets up and wanders into mom and dad's room every night so i'm that person that will be your kind of personal trainer and i will offer i always offer a free phone call in the beginning for anyone who's ever interested in talking to me um to listen to your problems somebody could have a problem that's literally fixable within me telling them you know a couple of things and if that helps, great. But most of the time it will need me to step back, ask them uh, a bunch of questions and a questionnaire that I provide every parent who decides that they want to go ahead with my services. The questionnaire includes everything from, does your you know child use a pacifier? How does your child currently fall asleep? What currently happens when your child wakes up? What diet, you know, what does your child eat? What does your child do during the day? A whole bunch of stuff to make me understand the problems, the situation, and I put together a personalized plan for that family. And I ask them to follow it 100%. Mm -hmm. I'm on the end of the phone all the time. We always have catch up phone calls during, it's between a two and three week period that I'm with families for. And I'm, I give a lot of email support and essentially I will get them to a place where things are much healthier for the whole family and baby or child and adults are able to sleep a lot more consolidated. And I troubleshoot along the way. Not everyone, not every child reacts the same, right? So I have to give expectations. I have to, you know, we hit goals. We celebrate those goals, but if things aren't quite going the way they should, you know, we backtrack, we, we try something different, um, and we we run with that to make sure it, you know, it does change things for the better. So, like I said, I'm kind of like the personal trainer that won't go away until we start seeing results. So, can you help older children if they have bad sleep habits? I can. I can help um, older children up to around the age of 12. So... 
usually we we work with or I work with from around six weeks up um, yeah so up to the age of, of 12 is the older they are the harder it is mm-hmm. and the longer it takes to change their habits but that doesn't mean that it's not um, achievable um, so yes I do a, a wide variety not quite adults yet but that is something that could be done down the line. So I imagine this is so rewarding because you're really kind of changing people's lives, like improving their quality of life. It is rewarding. It's like I mentioned my story. I was shouting from the rooftops about this lady and about her name and it changed our lives hugely. Um, I could be a better mother to my children. I wasn't snappy at my husband. You know, Every parent goes through these rough times um, and knowing that I'm now that person to help them get out of the mud and, and take a step back and rethink the way they think about sleep is amazing. I mean, I'm a, I'm a new business, but I've, I've already helped um, families so far and from the age of uh, four months to my eldest is four and a half. So it's amazing when the parents go, I can't believe this actually worked or, oh my goodness, you know, Alice slept for 11 hours solid last night and we didn't hear a peep from her. Whereas two weeks prior, you know, she was co-sleeping in bed with mum, feeding every hour. And it's, I'm just so happy that I am now sharing the love that I got given when I needed help with my with my little boy. So are you a good sleeper? I can be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know about everyone else, but my sleep changed as soon as I had kids. You know, as mums, we always sleep with one eye open, right? And I still do that, even though my two are amazing sleepers. You know, do you always think they're going to need you at some point at night? And I still can't turn that off. But I, yes, I'm a good sleeper, but I, I could definitely do with another hour or two, I think, at night. <laughs> um, but it's just the way life is, right? You know, it, it means that if I can take a nap in the afternoon, you know, it's definitely advisable too. I don't always have time. But we have to think you know what we have to take care of our bodies too as adults so if that means a siesta which a lot of you know places like Spain offer in the middle of the day there's a reason for that you know our bodies have a natural downtime at that time we're just not that civilized in the United States no (laughs) we're too busy right right so Um, how do a parent contact you how do a parent contact me um there's a few different ways I am contactable via email at Nicola, which is N-I-C-O-L-A, at driftanddreamconsulting.com. Uh, I don't think we actually mentioned the name of my business, which is Drift and Dream <laughs> Sleep Consultancy. So I am available on Facebook under Drift and Dream Sleep Consultancy. And my website is uh, driftanddreamconsulting.com. And on there, you can book a free call with me. You can send me email. Uh, you can send me a message on Facebook, and I would love to hear from anyone. Um, and yeah, if they're having problems, I just love no. You know, I'm kind of an ear that's been through it too, so I know I know what it's like. 
Um, so I've even given a few tips over the phone and that's actually solved the whole sleep problem. So, you know, not every call has to, has to um, be something massive, but right. that's, yeah. This has been so incredibly informative. So I really appreciate you doing it. And to Michelle Young for handling the technical aspect. And thanks to our listeners. Stay tuned for our next Yorkshire Inside podcast. And for more information about Yorkshire Academy, please visit www.yorkshireacademy.com. Bye for now.